Hey, Mark here, and I'm calling in before today's episode with a little favour to ask, if I may, please. You see, today I'm changing the format of the Podcast Accelerator. I'm trialling a longer form deep dive episode, real specific actionable takeaways, and introducing my recommended podcast tool of the week. Now, the format is ever so slightly different. It is a little bit longer, and during this episode, which is a huge, deep dive, massive piece of free podcast education. During this episode, I'm going to break off for about 90 seconds to recommend a podcasting tool that I think will help you. And at the end, stick around because there's a new section at the end, which is three actionable takeaways that you can implement today based on today's deep dive. So let me know what you think of this new format, please. That's the favour that I'm asking. You can do that on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And you can get the written version of this over on my Twitter profile as well. Once again, that's at Mr. Asquith. And enjoy this episode of the Podcast Accelerator. Can you grow your podcast quickly without relying on quick fixes? Of course you can. It's just about choosing the right skills to learn. That's what I'm going to talk about here today on the Podcast Accelerator. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, CEO and co-founder of Captivate.fm, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host, where you can not only enjoy the benefits of hosting multiple podcasts under one simple account, but you can also benefit from the education that we provide via our Captivate Growth Labs, teaching you the skills that no one told you that you needed to succeed as a podcaster. So if you're thinking about using a podcast hosting platform that actually cares about your podcast growth, then give Captivate a whirl at Captivate.fm. Now, a few weeks ago, I authored a little podcast growth thread on Twitter containing five things that I see podcasters doing wrong every single day and quick ways to fix them. I've been going a little bit deeper into each of these every single week and, you know, just to add a little bit more context and take a close look at how to implement the fix for each of these. So I'm going to be digging into the final one of these today, all right? It is about the two skills that will grow your podcast, but maybe you'd prefer to read this. If you do, well, I send it out via email at markasquith.com slash newsletter. And that is powered by Aweber, the sponsors of this podcast that help email marketing to become easy to podcasters like you and me. Helps, frankly, helps me to get in front of you, the ever-present listener, in such a way that I can build a relationship. So you need to be doing the same thing, all right? Go and check out mark.live slash email. That's mark.live slash email to go and grab a free Aweber account. You don't even need a credit card. So, I'm a huge fan of transferable skills. When I ran my digital agency, I was the person internally who knew plenty about plenty and could talk knowledgeably enough on things like marketing or design or coding, user experience or app development to be able to, number one, sell those things, and number two, manage them successfully. Now, I'm no specialist in any of them. You know, I think product marketing seems to be my specialism, but I've got enough quality knowledge from years of experience to be able to connect the dots between them and importantly, to be able to apply knowledge from one skill set to the requirement of another situation. My skills are transferable. Once you learn how to do something, well, you you begin to see its application in all walks of life and you see how that thing connects to the other things around you and how it can be applied 
to make those better too. In short, by learning the skills to achieve outcomes and not just the outcomes themselves in any given process, you can deliver yourself quick wins, but with the underlying knowledge to be able to rapidly pivot, meaningfully assess and measure and apply those skills forever to, well, I mean, pretty much anything. In fact, there's a famous Italian proverb dedicated to this mindset. You've heard it. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Here's the deal. You do not have time for quick fixes. Why? Well, a quick fix is, is rarely a quick fix because honestly, you know, frankly, it's, it usually doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, you enter this weird cycle of dejection and, 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 and hunting. You feel dejected about the thing that you spent time and heck, maybe even some money on. And you immediately begin searching for the, for the, for the next silver bullet that is going to give you that famous 10x boost that you need. When you employ a quick fix, you, you usually do it without a strategy either. You, you end up spending time changing something or a range of things on a whim or on an instruction from someone else without any real thought to the consequences and without even really writing down or making a note of what you, what you did change and when you did it and why you did it. And that's dangerous because you can't go back. Well, you sort of could, but only for a little bit until... You've implemented so many small quick fixes that what you started with, your podcast that you started with, is so far away from where you are now that you become even more dejected that your passion has become an unrecognizable behemoth full of patchwork and filler. Thus, the quote-unquote quick fixes, well, they actually sap more and more time as you start to unravel and unpick each of them, trying to overlay a new one every time you see a shiny new idea that is going to quote-unquote, grow your podcast easily. Now, I've just got back into bass playing, all right? It's been about 10 years since I really played properly. And you know what? I got back to a decent level reasonably quickly. You know, I had the muscle memory. I knew my way around the fretboard again pretty quickly. I was a little bit slow. You know, the fingers were a little bit slower than they used to be. That's all right. The basics were there and getting back up to a decent level didn't take half as long as the actual learning it from scratch did all those years ago. I was able to dust off a skill I'd spent all those years learning and apply it pretty quickly to something today. But, you know, I I had a level. I couldn't get any further than where I'd gotten 10 years ago. I mean, I could could learn a new song, of course I could, but that's sort of a quick fix. You know, I'd, I'd know how to play that song, but I wouldn't know the tonal structure of it. I wouldn't know why it was composed that way, and I wouldn't be able to take that song and improvise around the chord sequence enough to enjoy making it my own. But I'd, I'd know the song. That's it. I'd just know the song. It's, it's just an exercise in repetition and simple mimicry, isn't it? So I pondered it, you know, as I'm going through some options uh, with my bass playing, you know, spending a little bit of time on an evening playing away. I sort of pondered it. And I decided that as I got back to my previous playing level, I, I had a couple of paths to choose from. I could, number one, keep learning songs and feel good about being able to play them verbatim and just copy them, or... I could take the harder path and go back to basics. I could pick up the music theory studies that I hadn't touched for about 20 years, which is terrifying. But I could I could learn the underlying skills required to be able to play the same song that I could just mimic, but also to understand the song and why it worked. And that's what I did. A few months ago, I chose the harder path, picked up music theory again. Now, fast forward a couple of months, 
And I've never been as proficient around a bass fretboard as I am now. I can still play the songs I could have just learned to mimic, the quick fix, but now I know why they work, how to extend them, and how to apply the harmonic qualities of those songs to either writing my own songs or to learning other songs. I wish I'd started earlier. Because remember, discomfort isn't permanent, but skills are. I'm not going to use the old uh, you never forget how to ride a bike example. Um, I think, actually, that's not true. I think I just did by accident. But, I mean, you know it. You know why it's true, all right? Once you have it, you have it, and you can do it. Will you always be excellent at it? Of course not. No, of course not. But you'll have a level that you can apply no matter where you are and no matter why you need it. You will never forget how to ride that bike. And the same should be said about your podcast growth skills. What if you pivot your show into a YouTube channel or a blog? You might have to start from scratch in growing that channel. But if you've built your podcast on quick fixes, then you'll only be able to build those things, those new channels on quick fixes too. But that's unstable because you won't know what's going to work. Quick fixes are a problem. And in fact, they actually fall into three categories. There are only three categories in my eyes of quick fix. The first is the genuine quick fix, something that's wrong or a major barrier to success. Fixing these things aren't going to help your show to grow, but they'll stop it from growing if you don't fix them. Examples might be something like a broken RSS feed. You know, maybe you manage your own RSS feed rather than using a quality hosting platform. Maybe you've got a poor show name that doesn't align with your audience. You've got bad audio quality and so on and so forth. These are all genuine things that you should fix. Like I said, they're not going to stop your show growing. If Sorry, they're not going to enable your show to grow. And they're not going to catalyze growth, but they will stop you from growing if you don't fix them. The second category of quick fix is what I call the exploit. And these are usually sold by the gurus who teach you, I don't know, some rapid growth trick that exploits maybe something like an algorithmic issue with a tech platform. For example, get in new and noteworthy with this one simple trick. Uh, that's cool, you know, and all that, but it, it you know, it ain't going to last. It doesn't last. Now, and, and a great example of this is uh, back in the day, you could post your hosted MP3 files URL. So the, the MP3, the CDN file that you get from your podcast hosting platform like Captivate, you could paste that URL into a tweet. And because of how Twitter pinged that file, it did count as a download. And I tried it myself back in the day. I'm talking like 2015, 2014 to see if it worked. And it did. It was called Twitter bombing. But we as podcast hosts and the IAB, we clocked it and we, we, we closed it down. We stopped counting them pings, those pings as valid downloads because they weren't. Okay. But imagine if you'd built your numbers on that quick fix. Bye-bye sponsors. People did. People did. Imagine if you built your numbers on that quick fix. Bye-bye sponsors. And lastly, the third category of quick fix is what I call mimicry. This is where you see someone doing well and think that you can copy exactly what they did to have the same level of success. And that happens a lot in podcasting. Everything is on fire because of John and Kate's work at EO Fire. They did and do well. But they do well because they were original back in 2012. Copying that and just putting on fire at the end of it isn't going to work for you. Similarly, copying the steps that someone has taken. If your content's different, if your idea's different, but copying the steps 
that someone has taken to become successful without copying what they do can only work if you've got the same level of motivation, the same resources, and the same type of audience that they have. Otherwise, the variables between their success and your success mount up and culminate in a lack of results. In short, you are going to be uncomfortable with quick fixes because regardless of what you implement, it will be new to you. If it wasn't new to you, you'd already be doing it. So if you're going to get uncomfortable anyway, why not spend that time learning something for the long term rather than trying to patch up a solution? The discomfort is going to be there. So why not put that to good use for the longer term? But what should you learn? Well, honestly, look, I mean, there's so much, all right? And that's not me being flippant either. I mean it. There is a lot that you can learn to grow your podcast. But just like my bass playing, the very first set of things that you should learn are the core foundational basics that everything else builds upon. And those are, number one, finding out what people really want. And number two, being able to articulate what they really want in such a way that they're willing to take some action. Audience research and copywriting are the two most valuable and fundamental skills that you can possess, and they are the most transferable too. So if you learn these here in podcasting, you can apply them to anything that you undertake from this day forward, whether it's a new business, a new project, it doesn't matter. You will be able to use them. But what are they, and how do you do it? Well, audience research is the process of figuring out what people want from you and how to test your ideas without the bias that you naturally bring to the table when you discuss your passions. How many times have you told someone about your podcast only for them to say it's a great idea, but to never actually listen? Why does that happen? Well, because of human nature. It's easier to tell you, once you're in pitch mode, that your podcast sounds like a great idea and that sure, of course I'll have a listen. Because that won't hurt your feelings and it's of no consequence to the person you're talking to for them to lie about it. It makes you feel better. So they're, they're fine with that. But for you, it's a really badly missed opportunity to gain some actual feedback about what they would listen to and why they'd listen. Now, this is a skill that I learned in the tech world, building Captivate, Productivity, and a few of the other startups that I've been involved in. And I learned it from a book that was introduced to me by an accelerator I was on called Ignite. And the book is The Mom Test by Rob Fitzpatrick. I learned about it in 2014-ish, 2015. And the book on Amazon keeps getting more and more expensive because it's that useful. I constantly have this book on my desk and I have done for years and years. Now I've put a link to it in the episode notes. All right. Just go and get it and take a day to read it because by taking a day to read it, you can fundamentally change the way that you have conversations about your projects and apply the learnings instantly to whatever it is that you're building, including of course your podcast. I've done it so many times for so many projects, including, like I said, all of the tech products that I own, but also all of my podcasts. And I've done it, I've done that research without people knowing that I'm doing it, just by having quality, unbiased conversations. And when people tell me with the content like this, dude, it's like you're in my head with this content. It's because I usually have been, and not in a weird way, in a mom test way. I've done my research. Copywriting is the other side of that coin. It's the art of writing copy that makes the person feel 
the person that is reading it feel like you're talking specifically to them about the very problem that they're having in such a way that they believe wholeheartedly in the solution that you can provide. And the best in the business when it comes to copywriting is Ray Edwards. He's got a great book called How to Write Copy That Sells that you should buy. Again, I've put a link in the episode notes. It's not an affiliate link. None of them are. These are just links to books that you should buy. And you can't write copy without understanding your audience, okay? So you've got to do the mom test stuff. But once you do understand them, you need to really know how to write meaningful words that entice people to do the very thing that you want them to do. And in our case as podcasters, of course, that's usually to try out one of our podcast episodes. The thing to remember with copywriting, though, is that it, you know no one is as passionate about your podcast as you are. And sadly, you can't stand in front of everyone every potential or prospective listener and tell them about it in your passionate, practiced pitch voice. You can't. The world's too big. So, to quote Martha Kent, we've got to make it small. Learning how to articulate what we do, how we do it, why we do it, and what the listener, the prospective listener will get from it means that our written word, whether it's a sponsor kit, an episode title, a tweet, or our episode notes, Learning how to articulate all of those things mean that all of those pieces of written work have the maximum effect and will begin to convert readers to listeners almost instantly. Now, the interesting thing with this approach is that the vast majority of podcasters are just simply not doing these two things, audience research and quality copywriting. Most podcasters simply are not doing those two things. And if you spend time learning the basics of them, you will see very quick results. But also, you will have built a skill set. You'll have built a baseline that can be applied to anything that you do ever for the rest of your life. This is how I've built my businesses and my products and all of my podcasts. Those two skills, audience research and copywriting, are at the core of everything that I've ever done and they should be at the heart of everything your podcast growth plan too. So go and grab yourself the mom test, learn how to do audience research, go and grab yourself how to write copy that sells, learn how to articulate what you learn from that research. And if you need a hand, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at mark.live slash Twitter. That's mark.live slash Twitter. I'll be around to help and I'll always be there to lend a hand. All right, keep doing your thing. Lean on me for anything I can help with and keep on captivating.